societal angst. Yeah. There's been a lot of ad- additional pressures added to people's jobs, you know, zooming in. Um, just, oh, just the fear of, there's just, we're in a culture of fear right now too. Yeah, know? there's so many things and it's just weighing on people and they're feeling this weight and they're trying to keep the life they had before. Or, yeah. You know, and, and I see so many people that are on the verge of burnout and I've seen, specifically I've seen a lot of pastors that are burnt out. Um, that, I think that's part of the reason a lot of people are quitting their jobs. I had a friend, he had been at this company for 15 years. Great company, working his way up the ranks. And during COVID, he just started having all these physical symptoms in his body. And he went to the doctor and the doctor's like, wow. it's stress. And he's like, stress, I'm fine. I've been doing this for 15 years. But it was the compounding nature of the last two years. And he yeah. just quit. And he's like, as soon as I quit, literally all the symptoms went away. Wow. And I thought, man, there must be so many people that are like that right now. They're trying to figure out why do I have these physical symptoms, the headaches, the tension, the stress. Yeah. Um, so ha- I want to talk today about how to know you're on the verge of burnout and then what to do to keep yourself from burning out. Yeah. Well, you know, personal experience, I had a, a situation at one point in time where I knew that uh, I was kind of overloaded. And uh, I had been doing, you know, I, I was overseeing the the running of the three mission agencies. We had directors handling the day-to-day work, but I was, you know, still overseeing that and still responsible for that. And then we had, um, and then I was pastoring a church, uh, full-time pastoring the church. And um, all of a sudden, and I'd been doing that for a few years, but all of a sudden I started having these weird headaches. I thought, hmm, okay, I've had, in high school I had headaches like every day. I don't know what the deal was, but I, I and I used to, as a younger guy, had a lot of headaches, but, you know, now they don't, that much, but this was like weird. These were different headaches. And I thought, something's weird here. <clears throat> and we were scheduled to go to a conference. And then after that, we were supposed to do something else. And um, so we had some time that we were going to be away anyway. So I just told your mom, I said, let's cancel all that. Let's just, uh, I think you were working with Southwest Airlines. And so we just got on a plane and went somewhere. And some people in the church had cabin up in Maine. And we just flew up there for like three days. And all of a sudden, it all went away. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I realized during that time, I, I you know, had some time. We, it was totally unplanned, so we had nothing scheduled, and there wasn't much to do in northern Maine uh, except look at the leaves. <laughs> so um, we drove around, and I just realized what had happened, what made the difference, because I still had, I'd had these same responsibilities for several years. But I realized what had made the difference in me is all of a sudden I had grabbed the reins. I had, when, I, when I first went to that church, it was, in a, it was like a plane heading toward a crash dive, you know? It was like ready to crash at any time. So, like, you know, you step into the pilot, you step into the cockpit, and if it crashes and burns, well, okay, you know, you did your best. What? Not on me. The plane was already going down. <laughs> That's yeah. right. It was too late to save this puppy. Um, <clears throat> but then all of a sudden, it started turning around, and things started going good. And I thought, oh, man, we, you know, got to, gotta, you know, do this and make the church grow and reach people and impact the community and do all this stuff. And all of a sudden, that's what I realized when I was on thing. All of a sudden, I had grabbed the reins. Before, it was like, well, Lord, this is your church. And, you know, you said you're going to build your church. And if you want to save this thing, if you want it to crash and burn, well, it crashes and burns. And, you know, we, we just 
save as many people as we can in the burning from the wreckage. Um, but all of a sudden, it started doing well. And so I grabbed the reins and thought, oh, man, we got to make this thing fly. And I realized I had taken on a responsibility that wasn't mine. Mm. None of that was it not my responsibility, but it was something I really couldn't do anything about. All you can do, you know, when you're pastoring, you just faithfully put out the word and you, you do what you can. There are things you can do which are going to drive people away and other things that will cause people to feel comfortable. But you can only do what you do. And then after that, it's up to the Lord mm-hmm. if, if this is a church that's going to succeed or not. And I just think about your friend there. It's possible the same way that maybe in many times we feel like it's up to us to keep ourselves safe from COVID. It's up to us to keep ourselves safe. It's up to us to protect our families. Or it's up to us to keep the company running in this new, if I don't pull my weight, the company's going to tank, right? Yeah. It's very easy to do that. And and, um, as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, in your book, uh, Vision Map, you you came up with this thing where you... uh, uh, when you feel like God's called you to do something, you create this big chart and you divide a line down the middle. And then in black, you write the things that you can do. Mm-hmm. And in red, you write the things that only God can do. Mm-hmm. And I realized that would really help a lot of us, maybe who are dealing with burnout as well, because on the left-hand side, see, because it's it's really a fine line. And there's that fine line down the middle. There's a fine line. For example, take my situation in pastoring. It wasn't just a matter of, well, okay, sirrah, sirrah, I just, you know, get up there and, you know, do my thing. And, you know, if God does it, it does it. If it doesn't, it doesn't. There were things that were my responsibility. Right. But ultimately, it was not my responsibility whether the church succeeded or failed or lives were changed. I can't change people's lives. I can put the word out. It was my responsibility to make sure I was teaching the word. Yeah. But then the word accomplishes that for which it's sent. I can't change lives. I can't cause a church to grow I can put the word out. You can create structures to help structures help, to help with it. that work. Yeah, yeah. And, discipleship. And, and create a place where people are going to feel comfortable to come and welcome to come. There are things you can do that are drive people away, um, and there are things you can do to make people feel welcome. But ultimately, it's up to the Lord to build his church. And the same way in a business, you know, like, for instance, protect my family. Say, well, it is my responsibility. It's my responsibility to provide for my family. Not really. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. Uh, okay, let's go to the scripture. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Here we go. Here we go. Let's go to the scripture where it talks about he who does not provide for his own is worse than an infidel. Yes. But if you read that in context, it's talking about providing for widows and what a real widow is and if, that if a widow has children, her children need to provide for. Then it says he who does not provide for his own. So what it's talking about is not like you're struggling, you're working hard, you got a job, you're doing the best you can, and you're just not making ends meet. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the guy who just refuses to care for his parents or refuses to care for his own family members. And so he's letting the church care for them. Mm. And so it's not really talking about the guy who's out there and working. Cause that's the thing, man, with, with inflation right now, I'm out there, I'm working, but I'm, I'm just struggling to pay the bills. Okay. It's not, it's, it is your responsibility. Yeah. I was told to work six days, rest one. So it is your responsibility to work, but it's not your responsibility See, this is where I'm saying it's a fine line, a nuance kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I say a lot of people could be really distraught by what you're saying right now. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 some wives maybe. <laughs> that bum husband of mine right. needs to go. No, he needs to be working. He needs to be. But if you're doing all you can do, if all you can do is all you can do. Yeah. All you can do is all you can do. But I believe that all you can do is enough. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing what you can do, then you need to be praying and seeking the Lord. And he may be saying, look, this is my way of telling you, you need to get a different job. This right. is my way of telling you, you need to step out and do something else. And so God, lack of provision from the Lord is as directional as provision from the Lord. Mm. And so if you're working and you're doing the best you can, 
you need to be going to the Lord and you're just not, it's just not cutting it. You need to be going to the Lord and saying, what's the deal? Do I need to take a second job? Do I need to cut back on some of my expenses? Maybe I could do without cable television. You mm-hmm. know, wow, that would make a big difference, wouldn't it? You know, so you need to go to the Lord and say, what's going on here? And then, so that's what I'm saying. That black, what you can do is go to the Lord and find out. But if you're doing all you can do, then maybe the red over here is that God needs to make up the difference somehow. And maybe you're trying to do stuff that's on the red letters that's, that's exactly not your it. business to be doing because yeah. you, and that's where the, the weight, the pressure of it comes in. I think and about I think that with this it. guy that worked this large corporation yeah. and he's a small part of the large corporation, but he took his job so seriously. He's like, I've got to pull my weight. But yeah. really what he was pulling was probably the weight for two or three people, Yeah, which what happens a lot of times is, well, if I don't do this, somebody else didn't. It, it, they aren't yeah. going to do it. And it's like, I, I tell Emily that a lot. She works with a huge corporation and she's like, but what if I do this? And they, and so I'm like, first of all, nobody even knows who you are. Yeah. Like they don't even know who you are. You are a cog in a wheel, man. Don't, yeah. don't take the weight of the company on your yeah. shoulders. Now you work to the best of your ability for that company right. to the glory of God. But if the company crashes or falls, it's not, you know, it's not on your shoulders, right? Yeah. Uh, again, a fine line. You've got to do your best. Yeah, because you're doing is under the Lord. But some some corporate, you know, the CEO could make a stock decision that ruins the company. And yeah. your your decision over here to, you know, call in sick one day because your kid's sick is, yeah, <laughs> it's and, not going to tank the company. And it may not be that you're even doing the work of three people. You're just feeling the load of mm. it. It's an emotion. It's actually more of an emotional thing That's than the true. work you're doing. That's true. Because if you're, you know, you can be working. A lot of guys, you know, the, the, the workaholic, we call them, you know, they, they work you know, uh, 12, 15 hours a day and they're energized by it, you know, cause that's where they feel they're successful. That's what energizes guys to feel successful, to feel competent. And they don't want to go home because when they go home, they don't feel competent. Yeah. They don't feel, you know, it's like, man, I don't know what to do with my teenage daughter. I don't know what to do with this. My wife's always saying I'm, you know, I need, she's always getting on me about me not doing the stuff at home, but that's because I'm not there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to do the stuff at home, but I'm I'm patted on the back and feel confident out here. So it's it's not really even the amount of work you're doing. It's an emotional uh, thing where you're taking on responsibility that's not yours. So let's talk about that phrase, stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of moms that, man, they just fall into a deep depression, especially right after a baby's born. It's just so much emotional. First of all, there's hormones so involved. Hormonal, yeah. And there's just so much emotional weight too. Like what? where do you figure out if you're burning out as a parent? <laughs> Well, you can't put them back. So if you're burning out as a parent, you tough know, luck. You just saying you tough. Just, suck it up. Yeah, yeah you just uh, you just uh, you really you just count down the days. Okay, they're gonna hit eighteen. I can boot them out. No, no, no that's not what you do. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think about that a lot of times. You're like I've talked to to mothers that are just well. For example, yeah. I talked. I was doing coaching with this one mother, and she was wanting to start a business. Um, but she was just talking about, I don't have the space to do it. And what we came down to is she was obsessed with keeping the house at a level of cleanliness yeah. that was just not possible when you got when you four got kids. kids under five in the house. Yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah. And so she would just constantly in, in cleanup mode, which I, which I get, man, I like things clean, but I've learned that with Elise. It's just, there's just, you're, you got a little whirlwind living with you. Yeah. She's just going to uh-huh. go around the house and she can destroy things quickly and so it's not realistic. And so I'm yeah. taking on something that's not realistic. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that goes back to, again, taking on something that's not your responsibility or, in that case, taking on something that's not realistically your responsibility. It's an ideal that you have 
Maybe something you saw on TV, maybe something your parents put in, maybe you saw your mom, maybe your mom was able to do that, you know? Yeah. Because people do have different levels of um, uh, uh, capability, I guess you'd say. And, and that doesn't make mean you're, in, you're incapable. It just means um, there, you just have, we have different levels of cups. Yeah. And I can handle this much and you can handle that much. And, and so, um, maybe, and you compare, you, if you're comparing your life to the lady on Instagram that has all of her kids' toys in the perfect boxes yeah. and labeled, you know, like maybe that's not maybe a, not you. Yeah. And it's not a panorama view either. Look what's behind yeah, her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Clean up the room. <laughs> the whole thing may be a mess behind her, you know, but yeah. that's my organized corner, you know, that's yeah. what I'm going to allow you to see. So you there's know? a really realistic nature of that. So I want to, yeah. for the second half here, I want to talk about when you are burnt out. What is the answer? And I specifically think, you know, I was thinking about Exodus 23, where there's a specific command from the Lord. He says, but on the seventh year, you need to let your land rest and lie mm. fallow. You need to not plant, that the poor of your people may eat, and what they leave the beasts of the field may eat. You shall do likewise with your vineyard and with your olive orchard. And there's this thing, I haven't done the math on it, but they say that the, the amount of years that Israel was in captivity added up to the total number of years that they should have let the land rest, that they never let the land rest. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, I haven't done the math. Not sure if that's apocryphal or if it's true. I haven't either, but I'm sure somebody do the math and yeah. put, it, put it in the comments But below. they're basically saying that God's like, well, if you're not going to let it rest, I'm going to make sure it, it rests. And yeah. there is this element of when you start to get tired, the key isn't to give up. The key is to rest. Yes. And so many of us were going on all cylinders seven days of the week. And, and your mom's out there going, there's no way I can rest because the kids don't rest, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've, I was talking to some folks recently and they were saying that too, that they're just like, there's just no window. And I'm like, you have to literally intentionally carve it out because it's yeah. not going to happen by default. The world is so forced. So for me, I realized that a few a few years ago, I was getting so overwhelmed. And people are like, well, all you do is speak and write. How can you be getting overwhelmed? Like, <laughs> I was like, I know I, it's pathetic that I'm getting overwhelmed, but I am. And there's a lot of emotional and energy you put out uh, when you're speaking and writing. Yeah. And I realized if I don't make Monday, Monday's the only day I can really do it, a kind of a san sanctified day where I don't do work on that day, I am not a good person to be around and I'm less productive. And it just, it just doesn't go well. But it's hard because Monday is the day everybody else kicks into gear. Yeah. But I've been working usually on Saturday and Sunday speaking specifically. And so Monday has to be my um, Sabbath. So I was working with a couple recently. They're in ministry too. And they're like, well, we can't do Monday and we can't do Tuesday. So they had a weird Sabbath. Thursday's their Sabbath day. Yeah. But that's the day they're like, we don't answer phone calls. We keep the phones away from us as much as possible. We just spend time as family just re recuperating. That's genius, yeah. It is genius. And it's weird. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, it's Thursday. And, and people don't get it. They're like, what are yeah. you doing on a Thursday taking off? But yeah. I remember one time, well, many times, uh, when we've done trips to Israel, and uh, we we oftentimes start our trip on Sunday, or Saturday, excuse me, which is the yeah. Sabbath in Israel. And they take it super seriously. Like yeah. everything just shuts down from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday. Some of them don't Saturday. take it so seriously. There's kind of a, there must be some laws involved or something. Yeah, because like, like yeah. when I went to the hotel and they're like, the coffee machine will not work today. Yeah. I'm like, what? And then they're like, here's to stir your own coffee. I'm like, so you're making me work so the coffee machine? Anyways, yeah. it doesn't but make sense. But then there's a young lady running around who's making sure everything's warm. Yeah. I'm going, she has to work. And whacking your hand to keep you away from the <laughs> coffee machine. Yeah, it's Anyways, crazy. Anyways, legalism. But uh, the, it's just interesting to me though that everything, they literally make sure everything comes to a halt. Yeah. El Al does not fly their planes on Sabbath. And you go, well, that's ridiculous. But there's something to it. There's this, there it's is, kind yeah. of a refreshing thing when you land there on a Saturday and the hustle and bustle are shut down. Yeah. 
like, wow, this is really cool and there's some values, time with the family. And I think a lot of our burnout in the U.S. is maybe because we haven't honored the the Sabbath concept in the Bible. The concept, I mean, it, it is yeah. a, it is a ten, it is yeah. one of the ten commandments. Remember yeah. the Sabbath, keep it holy, set it apart. Yeah, and I think maybe some of our burnout is due to that. I, I would agree because again, it is one of the ten. And why would he make that so big? Again, the ten commandments are given because a life is going to go better for you if you do this. This is not like don't do this, you know. But no, you're gonna your relationships will be better. Every one of them's about relationship with God is going to be better, and and the Sabbath. Again, the Sabbath, obviously you can't have a Sabbath on Sunday because Sabbath means the seventh, seventh. So you, uh, your literal only Sabbath, if you're going to be real legalistic about it, can only be on Saturday. But we're talking about the principle involved here yeah. of taking a day to rest. And what you had said about, okay, I've got to set this day. I've got to set this day aside. Because again, if we don't, if we don't schedule it into our calendar yeah. at that time, something is going to fill that time. And, and you've got to ferociously to be, defend it because yeah, exactly. you're tempted to go, well, it's the only day he can meet with me is Monday. And I don't want to look like a total like diva. Right. Like, oh, I have to have my day off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's hard. But it, but that's where if you schedule it in your calendar, I've already got an appointment that time. Now, it may just be an appointment with you. Yeah. You know? But I'm already, a, my, my day, that day is already filled. What do they call it? A mental health day. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a mental health mental day. Mental health day. There you go. That's a good way of putting it. Like, yeah. But if you, because if you don't set that side of time, something of lesser importance is going to fill it. Yeah. Something will fill True. it, and it will usually be something of lesser importance. True. I remember a pastor, but but it's on pastors again too. I remember a pastor one time he was up and he was preaching. He says the Bible says that you're to work six days and rest seven. This idea of having Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday off—that's not biblical. You're to work six days, and it says to work from sunup to sundown. So if you're not working twelve hours a day, six days a week, it's no wonder your church is not prospering. And I was listening to this guy, and I'm thinking, wait a minute—he's on his second marriage, huh? I wonder if that had anything to do with it, you know? You always have to look at the source of your genius information and see <laughs> how's this working out for them. Right. And apparently he married a second wife who was happy to work six days a week or let him work six days a week, sun up to sundown. But I just, I don't think that's really worth well, it. Well, and look, that's that's great to say to a lazy person and who's somebody in general, but yeah. most of us, I say most of us, a lot of people, it's like, no, that's not what you need to hear. You yeah. need to hear, you need to back it off, People buddy. who are listening to this podcast probably need to back down a little yes, bit. Yes, probably. Yes. We have a lot already of high achievers listening, yeah. watching our podcast. You're already yeah. driven. We know that. You're yeah. already motivated. You wouldn't be spending your time listening to us yeah. if you didn't really want to get much better. Clearly, you value your time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you had nothing else to do. So, bottom line is, we aren't made to be running on empty fumes we are meant to be a source of life to others. And you just can't do that if you're taking yeah. on stuff that's, that's not yours to take on. And if you're constantly leaving no space in your schedule for a, a down day, a break yeah. day where you don't, you literally don't work. And if, but if it's amazing how just adding that little Sabbath to your, to your schedule, that one day, yeah. it really can help you avoid burnout. And you may be at the verge of burnout right now. I would encourage you, do whatever it takes to figure out how yeah. to get a Sabbath because you might just save your future. Yeah. You might save your job. You might save yeah. your church. You might save your whole company by instituting that that break, and yeah. that'll really keep you from burning out. I think. Yeah, and and you know, fire burns out when it lacks fuel, and you get refueled by taking that time off. And I know there's folks out there saying, "Well, I just can't afford to do that." Okay, then wait till you have the nervous breakdown, <laughs> and then you'll find, "Oh, I could have afforded to do it because I have to do it now because I'm right. I, I'm I'm 
I'm sitting in a bed just shaking for 12 hours a day. Yeah. And all of a sudden, so you can either do it now or your body will cause you to do it later. With That's true. And disease. So it's a whole lot easier to choose to do it on your own. Yeah. It's a, and you know what? You'll get used to it and you'll start to really like it and be grateful for it. It's something the Lord gave us for a reason. Yeah. yeah. This podcast was produced by Alex Burleson, alexburleson.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more from Joel, you can visit joelmalm.com. Or if you want more from Rick, you can visit rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you downloaded this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.